0: Well, hey there, I'm Liz St. Jean, and this is the Unruly Leadership Podcast, where I help subject matter experts like you design a career on your terms. It's where strategy meets intuition to help you break the rules, ignore the rules, and make your own damn rules. Let's break free from perfectionism, imposter thoughts, and that inner rule keeper that's keeping you in your career comfort zone. It's time to become unapologetically you and step into the life you were meant to live. We're going to talk presence, productivity, career, and having it all, or as my four-year-old would say, we're going to take over the world. So let's get to it. So today, I'm going to tell you a story about the most agonizing email I ever wrote and I'm gonna tell you what I learned about from writing that email so imagine this picture this I'm sitting at my desk this was years ago and I'm staring at my monitor you know this is back when we were actually in the office and I remember sitting at my cubicle right in my corner and it's a kind of a darkish little cubicle and I'm staring at this email just like hyper focused on the monitor because it's the most agonizing thing I ever wrote. There was cold coffee sitting there. I can still picture it just off to my left. Ironically, as I'm recording this, I have cold coffee just off to my left. So apparently that's the thing. So I'm sitting there. The cold coffee is there. I'm squinting at the monitor. My shoulders are aching because I've been sitting for hours. Because if you're anything like me, you get sucked into your work. And you don't move for hours on end. And I'm just staring at this email. This bloody email that I needed to send. Like, I needed to send this email out. But it felt delicate. It felt tricky. It felt like I could make a mistake. You know, I'd written the email probably hours before that moment and I saved it to my draft folder. Didn't send it, just saved it. How many of you have ever done that? You save it to your draft and then you open it up. And then you look at it and you tweak it, you change some words, right? I reread it. I reread it. I reread it and reread it and reread it like 50 times, I swear. I made so many edits. I changed little words around, add a comma here and there. And every time I was about to hit send, I would stop myself and I didn't literally bite my nails, but that's the image I have, like sitting there. Again, picture this, like sitting at your computer, cold coffee, it's kind of dark. I don't know why it's dark in my memory, but it's a bit dark in my memory. I'm sure it wasn't, but it's dark in my memory. Chewing on my nails, all I can do is stare at this email and I would just stop myself from sending, and I'll just I'll say to myself, I'll just read it one more time, read it top to bottom, bottom to top, top to bottom, over and over. I probably spent two hours on that email. Seriously, I probably spent two hours on that email. But here's the thing, the email, in hindsight, totally didn't matter at all if it did or did not hit the right tone. And what's even worse is at that time, you know, like and raise your hand if you're listening to this and you, you kind of jive with this, you know you've been there, you know that it doesn't matter, like it's okay to send, you know, and yet you still reread it. So Sitting there again, staring at my screen, I've got this logical part of my brain, the logic side, the side that went and got an economics degree and likes numbers and math and everything rational. That side of my brain is like sc- waving, trying to get my attention, like arms up. I'm like I'm waving my arms right now if you can only see me. And that part of my brain is saying, Liz, the email is fine, just send it already. But the problem was, is that at that point, my inner critic was so much louder. I had this little part of my brain, little like pipsqueak part of my brain, just piping up and saying, what if they think I'm an idiot? What if I'm wrong with my advice? And then the dreaded, and excuse me, but about to use a bad word, the dreaded, what if they think I'm a bitch? right what if they think that about me and i just couldn't stomach the thought that i might send the wrong impression i was so worked up wondering what they would think about me what it would mean for me what what it might mean about me what what might happen I wasn't even, it wasn't even big picture stuff. Like I wasn't worried about, you know, ruining my career or anything like that. I wasn't even thinking that. It was just like that relationship, that person, what would they think about me if I sent this email and it wasn't the right way of phrasing things? And I just, I just couldn't handle it at that point. And eventually what I did for that email, I just kind of gathered up all my courage and I found this brave place in my gut. And and yes, I am still talking about email. And I think well, if you're still listening, you've probably been there too. It's just it's just an email. And yet, and yet you find that you need to come from a place of courage and bravery because you're about to send something and you don't know what the impact is going to be. So I found this place, this spot again, in my gut. And bearing in mind, I'm a total econ rational person, and yet I still managed to go into that instinctive, intuitive place. But it was in my gut, and I could say, F it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hit send, and that, my friend, was the most delicious, liberating moment I'd had that day. I mean, it was probably the best moment I'd had, like that week, that month, maybe that year. I just realized that just felt so good because I wasn't thinking about what someone would think of me. And instead, I just came from more of a strong warrior place of saying, F it. So ever since then, I've embraced this fit approach to email. Do you get it? F it fit? <laughs> so this fit approach is really valuable when there's when there's something about an email that feels uncomfortable. Maybe you're nervous that you're being too direct, or you're anxious that your email might kick off a whole firestorm of activity. And what you do is you say F it, and you hit send anyway. Because here, so here's the thing is that I've noticed from working with clients over the last four or five years that sometimes we tell ourselves this story and our, my clients often tell themselves a story that they just need a bit more time to work on the email to make it sure, it's make 100% sure that it won't ruffle anyone's feathers, okay? We're worried about, ruff, we're worried about ruffling feathers. And the thing is, the reality is that probably no one's feathers would be ruffled anyway, right? Like when you when you sit back and really think about it and try to kind of come up with like <laughs> the, the econ brain re- view of the email, you're like, well, it probably won't be that big of a deal anyways. But even if it is, because there are emails that ruffle feathers, I'm not gonna pretend that they're not, like we shouldn't pretend that emails don't piss other people off. But even if that email ruffles feathers, it's okay. It's okay to do that because we can't control other people. We're not in charge of them. We're not in charge of the emotions that they have. We're not in charge of, or we're not responsible, certainly not responsible for whatever life experience has brought them to the point that their feathers are ruffled when they get our email, right? We're not responsible for that. We're not in charge of it. It's, it's their emotions. It's their experience, so if, if they have made the choice or, or, if, or if they've made the more reactive, knee-jerk react, um, choice to be ruffled over an email, it is their choice. And it's okay. And what's more, what's actually really interesting is that now at least you know what ruffles their feathers Right, because before, you know, think back, rewind a bit to the beginning of the podcast and I'm describing to you how I'm sitting there chewing my nails, worried, and got the cold coffee, right? In that moment, I don't know what was going to happen, right? If you're sitting staring at an email worried about what's going to happen, that just means you don't know for sure how they're going to react. And now you do. Now you know what kind of thing will rough with feathers. And that is really powerful and helpful information because that means that next time you go to write an email, you have, got, you have that information and then you can choose. You know, okay, if I write it this way, there is a good chance it will ruffle feathers and maybe that's okay. Maybe some feathers need to be ruffled. Or you can do what's called the, the platinum rule. <laughs> As an aside, so the platinum rule, okay. Golden rule, right? We've always heard golden rule is treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, the platinum rule is treat others the way they want to be treated. So in this case, if we use the platinum rule and we know that someone would be ruffled by this email, well, you can look at it and you can say, well, maybe I do need to, to shift some language or maybe I'll present in a different way or, or maybe maybe email isn't the best method of delivering this information, right? But now you know. Now you know that information. You have it. So powerful. It gives you choice. It gives you options in how you're communicating with others. And again, even if it does ruffle the feathers, it's okay, it gives you information. The thing, too, is that there are so many ways you can rebuild a relationship, right? You always hear like, oh, there's only one chance to have a first impression. And, oh, you know, don't don't, you know, be be afraid of hurting a relationship. And, yeah, I don't want you running around harming your relationships. But I'm also a really firm proponent in the belief that you can rebuild relationships, too. It it takes effort. Not going to lie. Like it takes effort. You want to be intentional, but you can do it. You can do that. And and I really also want to add something that if you send one email that, you know, for whatever reason ruffles feathers, and if that email breaks down the relationship to the point that it can't be repaired, then here's a spoiler alert, that was not a strong relationship to begin with. That email did not do that. That was That was a lot of interactions leading up to that one email, if one email does it. So... I don't worry about it from that perspective because there's a lot of other stuff going on and in fact if you're looking at an email worry that that email is going to break down the relationship there's probably some other work that needs to happen and that's a whole other podcast episode if not an entire podcast series that we can get into okay so I want to come back though to to us and to to you if you're sitting there looking at an email and and worrying about what impact it'll have uh, because in a lot of my with my client work and in especially my mastermind community we often talk about how easy it is to be to be hard on ourselves for making mistakes and yet we would never think poorly of a friend who sent an email that ruffled feathers, right? You would never think badly of your best friend if they told you they sent an email that ruffled feathers. So so why not also practice giving yourself that grace? We should, we should all give, our, give ourselves that grace to send a few of those emails. It's, it really is a chance to, to grow and to learn And seriously, wouldn't you love to get those two hours back from one email, from editing one email? I know I would. (laughs) The two hours that I'll never get back in my life. But I can learn from it. I can go forward and learn from it. So the next time you feel reluctant to hit send on an email, don't save it to your draft folder. Just say F it and hit send. And... P.S. So here's a little PS, if this email resonates with you, if you've totally spent two hours overthinking an email, chances are actually pretty good that you're a high self-monitor. So what I want you to do is take the quiz, I've got a quiz on my website, and it'll give you a sense of whether you are or are not a high self-monitor. And Even what's cooler is that you'll learn about the special superpowers, whether you're a high self-monitor or a low self-monitor, you'll learn about the special superpowers. So go to my website, themintambition.com slash hsm-quiz, that's themintambition.com slash hsm-quiz, and have yourself a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If this podcast helped you or inspired you in any way, I would love for you to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. It takes about 20 seconds, if that, and it's, it's honestly the easiest way for you to thank me for this episode. Every time I see a review, it brings me so much joy and it just lights me up. So if you could do that for me, I would be ever so grateful. Now, the other thing you can do is you can take a screenshot of this episode or even a screenshot of your review and send it to a friend or share it in a Facebook group or even post on your LinkedIn newsfeed to let other people know about this podcast and this episode. Thanks again. And now get out there and start breaking some rules.